global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all on track for a move higher today. This update brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing's Insight 2017. It's the must-attend event for advisors next week, June 14th through the 16th in San Diego. If you haven't registered, you still can visit PershingInsight.com. Stocks have halted a two-day slide as banks rebound amid a drop in treasuries. The 10-year down 8.30 seconds yield 2.17%. S&P up 5 to 24.34, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. The Dow up 48, up two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ higher by 25, up four-tenths of 1%. Gold down 9.40 the ounce to 12.88, a drop there of seven-tenths of 1%. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, now down 5.1%, tumbling 244 barrel, 45.74 on WTI. Brent down 4% to 48.10 the barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, the ETF report coming up is brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility, minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Catherine Cowdery. He's considered a smart beta ETF pioneer. And he has a warning. Here's Rob Arnott, the co-founder of Research Affiliates. I'm urging caution for a very simple reason. It's human nature to engage in performance chasing. We all do it. Uh, we're tempted to buy whatever, more of whatever has given us joy and profit and to get rid of whatever's given us pain and losses. Arnott says he's urging investors to think twice before they leave and pay closer attention to relative valuations than to past performance. We went back historically and we asked the question, does relative valuation matter for smart data strategies? Well, yes, it does. If they're trading expensive relative to their own history, their subsequent performance is poor. If they're trading cheap relative to their history, their subsequent performance is great. Arnott's website launched a tool this year to help investors assess different smart beta and factor ETFs, including relative valuations and smart beta strategies. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. So get some credit you are listening to Bloomberg Markets, coverage of the Bloomberg Invest New York Conference on Bloomberg Radio. It is brought to you by SEI, Carol Masterlow at Corey Johnson. And we do want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the credit markets um, and looking really at opportunities for investors in debt. Uh, Nat Zilka is with us. He's co-head of credit at KKR, based here in New York, uh, and with us at uh, Bloomberg headquarters on this Wednesday. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thanks. When you look at the credit markets, it was interesting. Uh, Bill Gross of Janus said something uh, earlier, and he just said finance is played out, meaning that the price of credit is as low as it can go. And he was talking about it in terms of the impact, whether it can do anything more for growth. When you look at um, credit rates, what, what kind of story does it tell you right now? Well, first of all, I think you have to approach the credit markets today with circumspection. You've had uh, an extraordinary run in credit driven by uh, monetary policy, driven by investor uh, search for yield in a, in a low-yield environment. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's not things, there are not things to do. And so 
We have an interesting lens, I think, as a firm. We manage about $40 billion of credit across the liquidity spectrum and across the risk spectrum. So we can really invest anywhere in the capital structure with any uh, liquidity structure. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about where there's relative value. And today there's really two, I'd say, mantras that we're pursuing that are driving our investment uh, stance. One is seek illiquidity and complexity, because that's a place we see real value, both relative value to things in credit, but I'd say absolute value just in terms of attractive compensation for the risks that we take. Uh, and the second one uh, is much more, uh, I'd say, thematically driven in terms of taking a patient approach to these pockets of dislocation that we do see. And some of them may be um, industry-specific, so we're seeing that to a degree in retail and healthcare say retail, yeah. right now. Now, there's a lot of good reasons for the, for the uh, dislocation in, in uh, in retail, so there's some things to avoid, but there, there are definitely the proverbial babies being thrown out with the bathwater, and those are things we're pursuing. You seek illiquidity. <laughs> we define illiquidity for me. Yeah. Sure. So uh, you know, it's, it's quite simple. And if, uh, for us, there are certain types of securities uh, and assets that are traded in the marketplace, so they could be syndicated bank loans or high-yield bonds. Uh, illiquidity for us are assets that we go out and originate directly. So we'll have a relationship with a company, uh, that has a specific type of, of uh, transaction uh, it's looking to pursue or problem it's looking to solve. And we can come in and provide a bespoke capital solution for them that we've crafted that we'll then own uh, ourselves. And it's those more bespoke, originated, relationship-driven investments today where we're finding more attractive So basically, because the markets are liquid, they're, they're not going to get a, a higher price and you can go in there and take advantage of that lower price that they're going to have to accept. I think it's it's less that I say it's the the uh, because we certainly wouldn't view ourselves as taking like a vulture. I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I'd say is the fact that our capital. Matt, meet Corey Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you're you're this like voice from the from the ether. On the, on the it can be uh, a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Or on uh, ether. I, I don't <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but I think the the flexibility of our capital, the the public markets to speak to that broad universe of investors, there's a relatively narrow box. Now, within that box, there's almost insatiable demand. When you get outside of that box, there are specific elements of the company that may be more opaque, difficult to understand. They have you know, a certain liquidity need over a period of time that requires more of a bespoke solution that really re- requires understanding. You know, we can tailor it to something that's specific, and we definitely get paid a premium for that, and that's part of the trade. What's the momentum in terms of companies coming to you with you know, needing some kind of liquidity event. Tell me a little bit about the flow. Yeah. Um, so uh, it is uh, very specific to certain sectors like retail and healthcare that would be out of favor. And so it's kind of parsing through the winners and losers there. And, and, and there's having, a lot. You're seeing a lot of momentum. We're seeing a lot. Yeah. Um, now, I'd say most of those, they kind of come in and, 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 and go home with no capital <laughs> um, because they're yeah. in a dislocated sector for a reason. But they're absolutely good companies um, that aren't getting the access to capital. Um, some of it is regional. You know, certainly in Europe, uh, you know, where the banks are under tremendous stress. And you saw this morning, Banco Popular, um, in the Santander transaction, they actually bailed in the 81, uh, creditors, which was a kind of a seminal event for the, for the, uh, banking capitalization market in, um, in Europe. There are a lot of good companies that don't have access to capital and we're providing capital to them. I'm glad that you brought up that, that story because I feel like we've gotten so much lost in the, the news out of Washington yeah. and elsewhere that I thought that that was a big story today. And what does it tell you kind of, because we've had a lot of folks coming on and saying about opportunities in the European markets, but I'm just curious, that specific event, yeah. um, is it saying that there's more opportunities or is it, there's some bigger story? That yeah. we should be following um, here. So I think there's there's a bunch of different kind of texts and subtexts uh, yeah. w- within that story. Um, you know, w- one of them is the ECB is clearly willing to act very aggressively and declare these banks 
mm-hmm. insolvent. And I think you've, we've been in this multi-year period of kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road. No one wanted to acknowledge that a lot of these banks were insolvent. And if you look in the U.S., post-crisis, we recapitalized our whole banking system. Leverage pre-crisis was 30 times in the banking system. Today, it's 10 times. Europe didn't do that, and they didn't do it um, for a whole host of reasons. But now you're starting to see the regulators act in a much more aggressive way, and I think that is a fulcrum moment um, in, in the marketplace. Does that provide opportunities for you? It absolutely provides opportunities Right, because you know us. that the bank's going to be there. Or the central banks. And and they now need to start selling these portfolios. And we, you know, we've got a big team on the ground in, in Europe that's looking at these types of distressed portfolio acquisitions. Because the regulars are going in there and saying, hey, you guys got to get rid of some of this stuff. And so you're right there with open arms. That's right. And, and they're recapitalizing and allowing them to do it. Because when these banks had these capital structures that were unsustainable, they couldn't take write-downs by selling assets. But when they do these forced acquisitions, they have a capital buffer. Right. They can actually sell at a loss. And that's when we come in and we can provide some of that liquidity. Fascinating. I think we need to run. Sounds like fun. Will you come back? I'll be back. Okay. We would love that. All right. That's great. Uh, Natsilka, he's co-head of credit at KKR, joining us here at the Bloomberg Invest New York Summit at Bloomberg headquarters. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser along with Corey Johnson. We've got uh, the closing bell on Wall Street coming your way in just a moment. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 30 points. S&P up three. And we're looking at about a 21-point gain on the NASDAQ. You are listening to Bloomberg. <laughs> 